Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Damati Rivers. I am delighted to have Emma Padro and Megan O'Neill with me. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, same. So am I. So today we're discussing Alexander Calder and his and his work Pittsburgh and how it was donated to the Greater Pittsburgh International Art Museum. And then we're going to discuss the intellectual property laws that went along with it. So to begin, Alexander Calder was a sculptor born in Scotland, but was artistically based within the United States, specifically in Philadelphia. He's the son of another famous sculptor, Alexander Sterling Calder. Ever since he was a kid, he had joined the art of craft making. After training in the medical engineering field for his 20s, he began to pursue art more earnestly. There, Calder would move to New York City, where he enrolled in the Art Students League, becoming enamored by the sights and sounds of the Big Apple. One day, he would attend the Ringling Bros and Burnham and Bailey Circus, and that would change his career forever. Upon moving to Paris, Calder delved into avant-garde pieces. This love of the circus would appear again and would be the focal theme surrounding his artwork for the rest of his life. In the 1950s, Alexander Calder was invited to create a sculpture for an international art exhibition in Pittsburgh. He chose to make a mobile, which is a type of kinetic sculpture make, made up of abstract shapes suspended from wires or rods that move freely with air current, currents, hence the name, out of aluminum and iron, two metals closely associated with the city. His black and white piece won first prize and was purchased by G. David Thompson at the, exhi at the exhibition. After the purchase of Pittsburgh, Thompson donated it to Allegheny County. Allegheny County is located in the southwestern Pennsylvania. The city of Pittsburgh is the largest in that county, and it's the county seat. The artwork was installed in the old airport's rotunda, an art showcase known as the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport Art Collection. This showcase was an art collection near Pittsburgh International Airport, dedicated to highlighting the art of local creators. Artists are routinely commissioned to develop new works for the location. Their goal, as exhibited on their website, is to manage an art collection of style, diversity, and beauty to be enjoyed by our traveling public and employees that also promotes public art and enhances the art airport environment. However, despite their good intentions, the city of Pittsburgh retains all the rights of the artwork that is displayed on this site. This included the work that G. David Thompson and subsequently Alexander Calder donated. At this point, um, county officials decided to paint it green and yellow, the colors of Alahi County, which did not make Calder happy, especially when they added weights to prevent it from moving, which defeated the purpose of the entire uh, mobile sculpture. Upon seeing this, Calder returned to Pittsburgh at the behest of the Carnegie Museum, and they agreed on a compromise. So the artwork, which was intended to be white, would be painted a shade known as Calder Red. However, the paint was so watered down that it was pink, which nobody was happy with. So in 1979, which is after Calder had passed away, county re officials reversed their decision and took the weights off and re restored the art to its original vision. It was 
then returned for a few years to the same stairwell of the Carnegie, where it had first been displayed before being moved to its current location in 1992 when a new county airport was opened. It's been, it's toured around a few different places, but it's, its home is the, is the airport. And it, it, yeah, but sometimes they move it around. So nearing the end of his life, um, Calder established the Calder Foundation. It housed hundreds of abstract and outstanding sculptures. So the the general through line for the Calder Foundation was that anyone could donate to the Calder Foundation and that it would be exhibited. Um, abstract pieces of any kind was welcomed here. Um, this was all to support his family after he was gone. He was succeeded by his four children. Two of them became trailblazers in their artistic marriage, just as their father did. And just and to Calder, exactly as his father did before him. So I guess the general question here is, um, how do how does intellectual art really apply to art? Um, we there's been um, especially nowadays, um, the properties of art is such a widespread topic of discussion nowadays, since the ownership of any artwork could change at a dime. Um, companies are seeking to own art. Um, individuals are more than ever pushing back against um, unlawful copyright infringement. So what exactly um, does this entail? Megan? Well, I just wanted to kind of talk about for a minute how personal art was to, to Calder and his life. Um, I was reading a quote where someone asked him how long it had taken to make a piece and he said 30 years, right? Because it was, it, it's all the culmination of, you know, he was an engineer and then he went to, to circus school and all of that. So it's like his art was, was to him, you know, the culmination of everything that he learned in his life. It wasn't just something to decorate the airport. <laughs> I think that's like um that's a prevailing thought for me um as an artist is that you carry the skill sets that you have with you um oftentimes people that are not familiar with art will often say that well it only takes a piece about a year or maybe um a couple hours depending on the severity or the how big that artwork is but you're carrying all the skills that you've learned um everything that you've acquired over your life becomes a focal point or a learning curve for for you to engage with your art with um no two artists are the same because no two lives are the same so i could totally understand where calder is coming from where he says that yeah i'm bringing in 30 years of my artwork um it can't be really condensed down to just merely the the act of making this specific artwork whether it be pittsburgh or any other one of his mobiles yeah, uh, that's a great point that that both you, uh, Megan and DJ, uh, b uh, bring up. You know, when I look at art or when we examine art, and especially in the context of intellectual property, you know, I think it's important to consider and also, you know, internalize that this this is their work, this is their life's work. You know, regardless if it took them a year or thirty years, like with Calder, you know, it is still their life's work, and we need to respect their rights and intentions when creating it. So. We, so I don't I don't think it's right to distort or, you know, 
warp their intentions or their artwork without asking them, you know. And we're going to get into more of that, but I just I think that's a really good idea that you both brought up that art takes passion, it takes perseverance, it takes, you know, talent obviously, but it takes it takes heart at the most part and we need to like faithfully internalize that when we examine and we uh we deal with any piece of artwork from abstract to realistic art. Exactly. Um I believe that the 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 issue that comes with um copyright infringement um or even intellectual properties in general is the legality nature of it um that even if something is distorted um did they have the actual right to did they have the actual legal right to so the idea for at least the contentious part um of alexander calder's protest was that the city of Pittsburgh had owned it at that point. He had sold it to G. David Thompson, who then sold it to the collection. However, that collection did at that point reserve all rights to it since it was in their it was their property. It's like um it's owning a product and modifying said product because you are the owner of said product. Um even though it is an artwork, um the legality nature of it could um could paint Alexander Calder in a bad light because legally he does not have the um he does not have the right there. Which is um it's a bit of a contentious topic for me because as an artist I understand why you would be frustrated and having your original arts distorted. But at that point, do is it right for you to protest against the city because you no longer own the own that specific artwork? Um I want you I want to hear what you guys have to say about that specific point. Um, yeah, so looking oh. oh sorry, you can go, Megan. My bad. When I when I read like the, from a legal standpoint, the the owner, you know, that's what I was in, was inferring was that the person who had the art and had ownership of the art had the right to do with it as they as they please. And um like despite the artist's intention. I want to, I think just the nature of the type of art that it is, where it's, it's not a painting or like a photograph, it's a, it's a moving sculpture. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's, um, which is, it's, it's, which is a pretty, you know, new type of artwork, especially when he was, when he was making them, it was, it was really like innovative and groundbreaking. So you can kind of look at it like maybe the airport didn't know what they what it was really mm -hmm. like they yeah like like just um like as a sculpture because sculpt like um like a kinetic sculpture like what is this well let's just thank you you know let's make it the colors of the airport and make it so it doesn't move and 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 you know it was something else entirely when they had been finished with it but um I mean if he didn't if he didn't you know if he pulled the rights if he didn't have the rights to you know there wasn't any like legal issue but there was kind of whole um ethics behind it or you know even just getting into the the intention of the piece or or what it represents and how it should be um seen and I guess not that yeah oh go ahead Emma sorry yeah oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think when we're discussing, um, I guess, the this discussion on whether he has a right to say something, I, um, 
I think we're more discussing more the ex- ethics of it because, like you said, DJ, um, it wasn't his art. At at that point, he already sold it. The rights were given to the airport. It wasn't legally his art, but in an essence, it still was because he was its original creator. And um, so that's why I think this is such a contentious discussion, like you describe it, that, you know, even under, even, you know, under the light, eyes of the law, it's not his artwork, but in, in, I guess, not morally, I guess, you know, it is still his artwork. And I think to that point, you know, you can see why he would think, or, you know, what others would argue that he still has a right to say um, things about his artwork, even though it's not legally his. I guess that is um, a weird part because um, Calder has so had made with so many wire sculptures and mobiles over the course of his life. And the mobile's idea is to be an abstract piece of art. So would modify, would modifying that artwork, even though um, ethically it goes against what the original creator envisioned, will we not say that that in of itself is not a piece of artwork? Um, for it to be fixed down or to for it to be modified, even um, regardless of the original creator's vision, um, will we just say that that is no longer like a piece of artwork that ethically deserves to exist? Because modifications within certain artworks um, exist all the time. Um, just look at nowadays, like with Photoshop, there's um, tons of Photoshop art and tons of um, Photoshopped or digitally altered um, pieces of work that get exhibited in museums and exhibited at a level um where they can be artistically critiqued and yet those were based off of original artworks um that wasn't originally meant to be modified so how do we feel about um do we say that art retains the right to not be altered altogether or um at least in an ethical sense should we say that art should not be altered altogether um, I think, um, I think that's kind of, I guess, a harsh, not ultimatum, but like harsh restriction on all art, because in a sense, I believe for all, like, I'm an artist myself, I'm inspired by other artists, but I think there's a fine line between inspiration and copycat, you know, and even then copying another artist, I think there's, I guess maybe some merit to that, you know, um, I think if the, if the artist that or the artist that is copying or reproducing or is inspired by the other artists, you know, I feel like if they are able to gain permission from that original artist or who they were inspired by, you know, I think that would make their art ethical. So in this sense, why I don't believe that the altering of um, his uh, Calder's artwork by the airport was ethical or, you know, right, because they didn't gain his permission you know, even though, again, under the eyes of the law, it wasn't his, you know, legally, but I still think they should have given that respect and dignity to him because he took, what was it, 30 years to make this artwork? Like, I feel like that deserves some more respect with the simple, even with the simple uh, request or, you know, doing of just asking him, hey, can we do this? Because I feel like what they did also, like I said before, um, when we were discussing the artwork, you know, it, they added weights to the artwork, which defeated the entire purpose of making it mobile. It didn't allow it to move like Calder intended. And I just, I just think they should have asked him, you know? Yeah. I think um, regardless of um, the other side, uh, cause I'm just playing devil's advocate because those arguments always 
kind of crop up in the art in the art word um just as artists um speaking one to one um yeah even then um even if they had the legal right to do so um in my opinion i believe that ethically there's always should be that that baseline understanding or at least the baseline um ability to ask the original artist or where it came from um how how they should display it how they should modify it um if if this would be an okay thing to do because at the end of the day the artwork wasn't just painted just some arbitrary colors um for artistic merit it was painted um the pittsburgh colors which was i believe green and pink um um the county oh sorry megan you can go sorry green and white and then they just decided to paint it red and then it ended up it ended up pink right because they couldn't even shade of red right um exactly so i think you know it depends on the artist like some artists would be open to collaboration so like with the airport like but it wasn't necessarily collaboration i I just i'm kind of thinking of his point of view or how he was feeling where he's like oh wow what an honor that everyone see my art and then i mean i like i know I'm an artist and I, and I have friends who are artists and, you know, they would probably, they would probably feel it was like scribbling on it with crayon or stickers on it or something, you know, it's like, like, I mean, even if, even if like, even if it's just like logically, like not a big deal. Um, it, uh, it, I think it speaks, it speaks volumes of how, you know, maybe people how people view art or you know um like just something like to or or its function in in spaces or in spaces like in an airport like because in that airport they have they have different pieces of art all throughout it they have it on different terminals and things like that most of it i think just like photos or paintings so this was like a large scale piece so on the other hand necessary for them to do it just logistic like just logistically not to have it could be some kind of hazard to have like a moving piece but it doesn't sound like he was consulted beforehand about about that i guess the the only sort of linchpin would be um because alexander calder was not the one who donated it it was the person who bought his artwork and then g david thompson was the one who ended up donating it so it could be um very much so a case of that we did not understand where this came from it was merely donated as a piece of artwork for our museum and then like you said the logistical nature it it can't move in an airport where there's going to be a ton of people moving all the time um so they could have just modified it for safety concerns and then painted it so it can be the colors of the Pittsburgh. Um, that doesn't absolve them of the fact that they could have done some more research um, surrounding the topic or ask G. David Thompson for more information. Obviously, we don't have all the information ourselves. Um, however, um, I still believe that as far as like a logistical and ethical um, issue, legally, it's OK. Ethically, probably not. So that's likely my final stance on it um yeah i would have to agree with you dj um even if it was for safety concerns or for i don't know even just aesthetic like they painted it the colors you know i think there is other alternatives to not only fulfill those i guess requirements or responsibilities of the 
uh, collection in the airport, you know, let's say if it was for, you know, uh, safety concerns, you know, they could have still worked with um, Alexander at that point or much before, because unfortunately he wasn't there to see it, that it was restored. They could have worked with him before being like, you know, we have these, you know, we have these duties or we have these regulations that we need to uphold, but how we, can we do that while, I guess, upholding your intentions and view, visions for this artwork? Because I also read upon um, Alexander Calder's, uh, I guess, vision for his artwork, you know, um, on his Wikipedia page, you know, I was like looking through it and he, one of his main ideas is that he didn't put like a specific I guess, theme on any of his artworks, he left it up for interpretation of his audience or, you know, his viewers. And I feel like by, I guess, eliminating that um, freedom and um, his intentioned um, artwork, then that kind of ruins that purpose, you know? So I agree with you, DJ, that even if under a legal standpoint, it was, it was fine, under an ethical one, no, it wasn't. Do you have any final thoughts, Megan? I think we're about to wrap it up here. That was a really interesting point where he want where where Calder wanted his piece to be experienced openly, and then 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 it was restricted in in that way. But I think ultimately by restoring it, even if it was after his after he passed away, um, they were able to honor the artist in the best way they could. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Well, with that being said. Thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you for joining me, Damati Rivers. Um, you guys can say you guys is on name. <laughs> I'm Megan. I'm Emma Padro. I appreciate it. And this concludes the Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious.